Hi, everyone. I'm Barbara Beck, host of Welcome Home on Good Life 45. And you're listening to my good friends, Fritz, Mike, and Tina, right here on God Stories Radio, bringing hope, comfort, and encouragement to the world through the power of the Christian testimony. Keep listening for a big blessing from the Lord. Welcome, everyone, to God Stories Radio. This is session 181. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Tina. What's going on, guys? It's Thursday night. Yes, it is. It's no another, place I'd rather be. That's another right. blessed Thursday night. Absolutely. Yeah. Big shout out to Barbara Beck at TV45. She was so kind to do a voiceover yes. for God Stories Radio. And you'll get to hear it at the beginning of uh, session 181 once it's processed. Okay. Wonderful. Couldn't do it live, but that's okay. She, she did a good job. <laughs> she thank did. you, Barbara. Yeah, thank you, Barbara. We love you. you. What's going on over there, Mikey? Just running through the week. It's what? Been, it's been a long week. That's it. Running. Did, running running through, the through, the week. through the week. Running through the week. Wow. Like this is session 181, and that's the very first running through the week. <laughs> running through the week. No riding. Well, the it way. started with an R. <laughs> yeah. So we were close. Um, Running through the week. I like it, Mikey. Know. He's laughing. He's smiling. Yeah. I don't know why I am. Because you got the piece that passes all past this all understanding. Easy uh-huh. for you to say. Yeah, right. Yeah, really. Say that three times real fast. This was not a very good day today. But Aww. okay. Aw. Well, you're here. I'm here. I made it. That's yes, you part did. of your day. Yes. That's part is. of waking up is GSR in your cup. <laughs> uh, Boy, we got a ton of Facebook likes this week. I know it. That's pretty exciting. I know. Why it don't is. you kick it awesome. off? I will. All right. Because you know how excited I am about Facebook likes. I know it. I'd like to thank our first Facebook liker this week, uh, Rosemary Devers. Thank you, Rosemary. Thank you, Appreciate Rosemary. that. Thank you. And uh, Trisha Caruso Showalter. Thank you, Trisha. Thank you for Trisha. I wonder us. if you're. Uh, uh, related to the show, Walters, uh, that were at an executive airport. Love to hear from you. They're great people. Awesome. Um, Christina Castellan. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Christina. And Darlene Davilla. I'm going to take a chance on that. D-A-V-I-L-A Davilla. Sounds good. Davila. Thank you, Darlene. Thank you, Darlene. Thank you, Darlene. Thank you, guys, for liking us on Facebook. We really appreciate it. This is so much fun for us, and uh, <laughs> we just welcome you to the GSR family. So I'm going to pass it over to those two. They've got more. Mikey? All Mikey? Right. I have Myrtle Nichols Parnell. Oh, my buddy Myrtle, and she's going to be on the show. 
She is. In a couple of weeks or oh. so. Oh, yeah. yeah, I think it's the last uh, Thursday in November. Last right. Thursday in November, Myrtle well, will be here. Thank you, Myrtle. I have Yvonne Feliciano. Thank, thank you, Yvonne. You, Yvonne. Appreciate that. Amanda Sarah. Thank Amanda Sarah, you. thank you. Thank you for liking us. And Jessica Mowry. Hey, I know that girl. That's my buddy from work. All right. Thank you for liking us on thank Facebook. Thank you, Jessica. We love you. <laughs> All right. I've got some Facebook likes too. So I would like to say thank you to Wes Krieger. Thank you, Wes. Thank you, Appreciate Wes. that. I think Wes has been uh, been following us for a while. I think so. Yeah. Thank um, you, Wes. Thank you for uh, officially becoming a part of God Stories Radio family. And Jordan Damastus. Thank, Thank you, Jordan. Jordan. He's Appreciate in, that. He's in my men's group on Monday night. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's where I know that name. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, uh, Jordan. We also want to thank Rebecca Klein. Rebecca Klein. Thank, Thank you. you. And that's the biblical spelling of Rebecca. I'll have you know. <laughs> well, there you go. Thank you, Rebecca. Um, and then we also want to say thank you to former guest Adam Narvaez, who was actually last week's guest. I love that brother, man. I'll tell you, I, I hope they come back and uh, bless us again sometime. Absolutely. Absolutely. I and hope they will. Last but not least, also a former guest, Juan Carranza. Juan Carranza. He's thank session you, Juan. one, two, two three. three. One, two, three. Yep. <laughs> and we got to hang out with him at Universal. That was so much fun. That was Him and fun. his lovely wife. And yes. uh, we rode some coasters together and and uh, I felt my age. <laughs> <laughs> it uh, had to catch up at yeah, some point oh, in time. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's just some things you don't do. Oh. You, you know, the spirit's willing, but the body goes, mm. Nope. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Too funny. I well, know it, right? We had so many Facebook likes. That's really, really exciting. So we just want to say thank you again. Yes. Thank you for everyone that likes us on Facebook. And again, anyone else out there that has not done that yet, please do so from wherever you are. Yeah. I think there's something that Facebook kind of does once you hit certain, you know, milestones. And I think once we get to a certain number of likes, it gives us more options to do more. So that's why we ask you to go ahead and like us because, um, you know, any additional types of communications or ways that we can get the word out there about God Stories Radio, we want to be able to do that. No, I think it's because Fritz needs it. (laughs) Hey, whatever it takes. (laughs) And not only that, they get plugged in, they become part of the family. You know, they don't have to like us on Facebook to be part of our family. No. But it's nice to to see the names and it's nice to, it's a good resource to be able to share to everybody at one time. Say there's a prayer request, like there's a couple of prayer requests that have already come in tonight and I'll I'll talk about them later. But we can post those kind of things on Facebook and we have our whole, our GSR family, you know, now we're, 671 something like that. strong and uh, we just love it it's awesome yeah. and thank you to all of you for praying for us yeah. what a blessing it is it is a blessing to know that people are out there praying for us too amen all right all right mikey yes who do we have tonight oh we have the guest we have tonight again in the the list of the ones that we've had these past uh, month or two uh, this particular person was asked, I believe, probably two to three years ago. And I know her a little bit and of her story a little bit. And from three years ago to 
to present. There's a lot of things that even happened since then that I know of. Um, but anyway, um, Father, she just tries to listen to the Father's voice and, and try to be obedient and do what he calls her and tells her what to do. Um, uh, our guest is Dee Sutton. Welcome, Dee. Hi, Dee. Thank Welcome you. to the show. Thank you for having me um, and giving me the opportunity to tell my story. Um, I have actually a reason that goes back several years ago of um, why I'm sitting here tonight telling this testimony. Um, of course, I wanted to provide hope and encouragement and comfort to others out there who may not have any or going through something similar that I've already been through. Um, but I just want to start off by saying that God really put this on my heart uh, a few years ago when I was going through something pretty tragic. And um, I met somebody at Starbucks, a, a woman with the same name as mine. And um, she just looked at me and saw right through me and knew that I, I was broken and hurt and that something had happened. So she invited me to her house um, the next day. And I went over there and I was, I was met by three women, Christian women, that prayed over me, um, that we talked for hours. And at the end, she held out and fanned out these poster board pictures, like 15 of them, and said, pick one. I had no clue what she was doing, what purpose this served. Uh, I, I was like, do you know what I just went through? And you're handing me a poster. Um, all she said was, hold on to it and God will, God will tell you what to do with it. So I held on to it, and about two months later, I was having a sleepless night. I was struggling with nightmares, um, very deep into spiritual warfare. And um, all that came to me was Exodus 4.12. So I opened up the Bible, and I went to Exodus 4.12, and it said, Now go, and I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. I had no idea, no clue what this meant, but I knew that God had given it to me. So I thought, well, I have this poster board, so I'll go ahead and put this verse on the poster board, and God gave me the verse, so I'll frame it to remind myself that whenever I do have revelation of what this means, I'll remember this moment, and I'll know that it's God. So I did, and I framed it. And now, three and a half, almost four years later, a couple weeks ago when I came down here and— uh, sat in the here in front of this microphone and just kind of listened and got a feel for it, I realized with the microphone being in my face, that's what God was telling me to do, was to give this testimony. And um, I was always scared to tell my entire story, scared of what people would say, judgment. Um, I always wanted people to look at me in, in uh, a way where they had, I had it together. And in quite honesty, I didn't. So um, that's part of the reason I'm here tonight. Um, just wanted to give you a little preface. Um, and I just believe that um, our story isn't about us. It's about how God can use our story to change other people. Amen. Um, so that picture, D, that you got from your other friend, also named D, yes. was of a? It was a microphone. A microphone. So you didn't understand what it meant at that particular moment in time. I had no idea. And actually, I picked it, but I have no—I'm terrified of microphones. Mm -hmm. So for me to pick a microphone, I had no clue why I had done that. It just felt like the one to pick. And what did Dee say to you when you had picked that? She merely told me, just hold on to that. I really feel God is going to tell you what to do. 
Okay. And then you were saying that there was a, a gap in time. How long was that time frame again? I met her in December, and it was in February. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's really cool. So, yeah. So I'm glad I did that. I'm glad I held on to it um, because I don't know that I'd be here tonight if I hadn't. <laughs> right. And you said that picture, did it have the scripture with it? I wrote the scripture on it. It, okay. it was blank. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so where did you get the scripture from? Like what brought you to that scripture? Um, I just heard it. And you I didn't just heard e- it. I didn't know what it was, so I looked it up. Right. And um, to me, the verse had something to do with talking. And I didn't know what that meant. A job, telling another woman my testimony, um, writing a book, which I'm working on, devotionals. I had no idea what it meant. Um, right. I knew in some sort of fashion it was— I had to get my story out there. I just didn't understand how. Right. Wow. It's really amazing to watch God work, isn't it? Yes, indeed. It is. Um, So now he's given you a platform to give your story. Yes. And and I hope through some of my my testimony tonight that someone out there can find some sort of comfort in it, knowing that God is always present, no matter how alone you feel, how lost you feel. Um, that He's your hope, and He's your salvation, and He's the only way. Can you tell us just a little bit about yourself before you get into your testimony? Yes. um, I'm 47, and um, I was born in Missouri, but moved all over the place. Um, Went to seven different schools, so I was never deeply rooted in any one place for any length of time. Um, I have two beautiful children— my daughter, Dakota, is 24, and my son is 19. His name is Dylan. And um, I'm currently here because <laughs> I got um, relocated because of the hurricane. And um, God has been showing me big time why he brought me here this time. So I came from the typical nowadays family, um, divorced. Both my parents divorced when I was at the age of two. Um Within two years, both of them had remarried, so now I had two parents and two step-parents. Um, and I grew up the typical going there to see my dad on the summers um, and living with my mom the other nine months out of the year. And that was my normal. That was all I knew is my normal. Um, I didn't know any different, so that that just became everyday occurrence. I mean, some of my friends were from single parents. Some of them were the latchkey kids. Um, but I was always the one that went back and forth and was never there to play with my friends during the summer. Um, as I progress in my age, I want to share something that is kind of cool. Um, when I was about five, because as I was thinking about what I was going to say, I started thinking, when did I really know God? Now, I didn't know God at five, but I want to tell you a really cool moment that I can look back on and know that He's always been with me through the very beginning. Um, when I was five, my mom had remarried, and we were living in Illinois. And um, every night, I asked her if I could sleep with her. And my stepdad was a volunteer firefighter, so often at nights, he would be gone. So she would say yes. You know, she never said no. This night, I had begged her to sleep with her, and um, she said no. I have a bad feeling. And, of course, I, you know, begged and pleaded, and why not, and that typical thing. And she said, I'm just telling you, I have a bad feeling, not tonight. That night, a drunk driver ran through our house over her bed and um, 
she was between the wheel. So she came out with bumps, bruises, abrasions, a concussion, things like that. But I do remember her telling me as I got older, and it was in the newspapers, that if I would have been in that bed with her like I had so begged to do, that I would not have survived that night. Mm-hmm. So it really just— um, got me really emotional writing something that happened so many years ago, but just knowing that God was always there, Mm -hmm. even when I didn't even know who God was. Um, So anyway, after that, our house was demolished. So um, we moved again. And my elementary school years were pretty typical. Um, I always made friends really fast, fast, but I never really stayed long enough to to feel like I fit into a particular group. Um, I, did, I do know, looking back, that I always had a heart for the kids that were made fun of, the kids that sat alone, um, the kids that maybe didn't make good grades. And I never understood why, because I always had that fear of not fitting in. So while I'm trying to fit in, my heart still was attached to those kids who I know that didn't fit in. And now that I'm 47 and I'm looking back, I realize that that was probably something God put in me at that young age to have a heart for that, knowing that I would be facing those own demons of mine as I grew older. Um, so I was progressed it a little bit more. Um, I was in church most of my elementary years. Um, we went to, had dinner with the pastor every Sunday. I was in youth group, very involved. Um, but with our moving around, when I got to middle school, at that point, pretty much my church was riding the bus to church every in the middle of the week. And I guarantee it probably wasn't to find Jesus. It was more because of the boys on the bus. <laughs> but um, at any rate, uh, I did go to church and, you know, I kept that and I constantly knew that I needed that, but that just wasn't the norm in my family at that time. Um, so when I was um, 19 years old, maybe 18 ish, um, I met who became my first husband, Um, and we were only dating a couple months, and my mom kicked me out of the house. So, now, me and my mom were very close in all the other years, but in the last couple years of my high school, we were very distant. So, we grew very apart, um, and I came home, and I had to leave. So, I moved in with the boy that I had just met a few months ago. And he wasn't living on his own either. So we stayed with his mentally challenged relative in a low-income apartment, and I slept on the couch. I got a full-time job on the night shift in the medical field, and I was working part-time days until I found my own place and started getting up on my feet. And at that point in my life, I thought, wow, I got this down. This is I'm working two jobs. I got money. I got an apartment. I'll show them I can do this all on my own. I'm not asking for help. I don't need help. I had a lot of pride most of my life. I can do it. That's all I kept saying is I can do it. Well, it wasn't long after that um, that that bubble burst. Um, He had a lot of jealousy tendencies. Um, He became angry very fast. Um. He eventually, um, that led into physical abuse along with mental abuse. And even then, I knew it wasn't right, but yet I felt it was normal. So 
because it was always followed with deep apologies, um, a million I love yous, flowers, promise of change. And I felt that I captured that ounce of love that I received afterwards. And so I held on to that. I held on to that love that I felt after everything happened. And I think that's what started my cycle of thinking certain things were normal. Um, I did that for about a year and a half, and um, I couldn't do it anymore. Uh, It just got very bad. It got from the point of just him hitting me or choking me to putting me on railroad tracks while a train was coming or trying to push me out the door of the moving car or putting a knife to my throat or any of the other many things that he tried to do. And so at this point, I wasn't speaking to my mom, and um, I didn't know where to go. So and anybody who's been in a domestic uh, violent relationship knows that they keep very close tabs on you. Domestic violent relationship is one thing, but being thrown on the train tracks? Wow. My jaw is on the floor. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'm sorry. I just had to... (laughs) I couldn't make light of that. I I just had to comment. That hit me hard. You can imagine what it hit you. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was pretty rough back then, but still I had this attitude of I can overcome this and I can change you. I have what <laughs> it takes to change you. Um, I love you, so love is enough. And that's what I told myself for a very long time. Um, but finally, my health was not good. I was so anorexic. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep because he wouldn't let me. I got fired from my job. Um, well, let me preface that for a second. When I knew I couldn't handle it anymore, and I hadn't talked to God in a very long time, I remember just driving down the highway and crying and saying, God, I know I haven't talked to you in a very long time, but I need you right now. I don't know what to do, and I need you to fix this. I don't have anybody, and I don't know where to turn. Well, within, I'd say, a week or two, I lost my job because I fell asleep in the lounge chair because I hadn't slept in days. Followed by, I totaled my car. So now I had no job, no income, no vehicle. And I'm asking God, what are you doing? I asked for help. And now you've, (laughs) it's worse. It went from worse to worse. Um, So, you know, I just kind of cried and cried and cried. And then I realized that he had given me a dream the night before. And he was kind of warning me. But the Holy Spirit has always seemed to speak to me a lot, either in the water, in the shower, at the beach, or um, in my dreams. I don't know why it's crazy, but... The night before I dreamt I was going to total my car, that I was paralyzed, and there were three specific people looking over me. The next day, I kept going in and out of shock because I could hear the paramedics talking about it. I totaled my car, and I wasn't paralyzed, but I was strapped down and thought I was paralyzed. And those same three um, faces that were in my dream were really over me in a hospital. So, still not knowing God how I know God today— I thought I had the power of ESP. I didn't know that was Holy Spirit. I thought it was just some gift I had, some uh, game that me and my dad used to play, and he thought I was very gifted to see things before they ever happened. So it was familiar to me, and it 
scared the daylights out of me that I had dreamt exactly what had just happened the very next day. So I thought, okay, well, that's ESP. My dad will understand that. We're not that close, but I'm going to give him a call because I don't know where else to turn. My dad at that time was about four hours away in Lake of the Ozarks. And uh, within a couple weeks, he came and got me. No questions asked. He just came and got me. Everything was mine. So I packed up everything um, and I left. Um, I lived with him for about a year and a half. And I, I did learn some things, you know, about my dad when I was there. Um, we never really had that typical father-daughter relationship. Um, he was a very um, abrasive man, very um, stuck in his ways, um, and never really emotional. He kind of kept that wall up all the time to any kind of emotions in fact, usually the only time I heard I love you is when he was hanging up really fast and after I said it. So it, we never really had that emotional type of relationship. Um, but nonetheless, he took me in. We hung out more like we were buddies than father and daughter, which at the time, again, I was 20 years old at this point, and I thought it was cool. Um, we would go drinking beer together, and that was fun to me. So at the time, that seemed very cool. I have a cool dad. Um, about a year and a half later, my mom's stepdad had died, and I would talked to her a couple times since then and taken in my sister for a week or so. And so even though we weren't ex extremely close at that point since I moved out, I decided to move back. Well, in that same time frame I had decided to move back, the ex-boyfriend and I had gotten back together with more promises of change, and he had went to counseling and all this stuff that probably never happened. But nonetheless, I went back. Um, nothing really changed. It was still the same. Um, but this time, I decided I was going to stick it out, and I was going to be stronger, and I was going to love harder. And this time, I could do it. I was just too weak back then. I still thought it was me. So time went back. I started up to school as being a medical assistant. And I had just graduated, got my certificate, and found a job and started that week. And due to some things that I had to handle, they tested me to make sure I wasn't pregnant. Well, I was. So um, I quit that job. And once I learned that I was pregnant with my beautiful baby girl, she then became, even though she wasn't born, she became my sole purpose. So I decided to go to nursing school. I knew that this relationship was not going to last forever unless something miraculous happened. So I had to start preparing. So I got through about a year of nursing school. And it was horrible. And I found out he was having an affair. Again, I learned of this in a dream. And confronted it, confronted it, confronted it. And he denied it, denied it, and denied it. And finally, he broke. And this had been going on all during my pregnancy. And it continued for quite a while after. So I went to my nursing instructors in nursing school. And I decided that I told them, I'm dropping out because I have a baby to take care of. Now, I went to a very strict school. It was almost Catholic. And... You just, 
they would have just said, okay. But these particular three beautiful women that I know that God placed in my life said, no, you don't realize it now, but this is going to be the best gift we can give you, a career to support your baby. Mm -hmm. So they formed a study group for me, knowing what was going on. And they made sure that I got all the homework, all the notes, and all the prep work that I needed for every single exam for the rest of the year. Um, you know, looking back, there's so many people in my life that I would never be where I am today if it weren't for mm-hmm. them. Boy, that's the truth. Right. I know it's tough because my son went through nursing school. And if you miss anything, yes. you're done. Yes, that's they right. They don't forgive. Yes. Many people got kicked out. Um, for much less. Mm-hmm. And I look back and that was just by grace that that I got to remain in school the entire time and progress on to the next year and become a registered nurse. Um, so I know that was so that I could support my children. I know that now. Um, so after his affair, um, I had decided that I couldn't do it anymore. And I found out I was pregnant again. Oh. Oh. Um, yeah. So my body was just, I just looking back, I ended up miscarrying that baby, but looking back, my body was just too weak and there was too much stress that I'm, I'm sure that was why. Yeah, I was just going to say, mm-hmm. uh, chalk that one up to stress. Mm-hmm. So I found a Sunday and I hadn't been in church in years at this point, but I found a Sunday where somehow I snuck out of the house when he was gone. And I took my daughter to church, and I talked to a pastor. And I told him what was going on, and my biggest fear was I was going to disappoint God. And he told me, although God hates divorce, there was kind of a loophole, and I hate to say it so nonchalantly, um, but that if he is having an affair on me, then that was something God did not look down on Yes, he's very specific about that. Yes, he does. Yep. So um, that was my plan. Um, So I waited until I graduated school when I was a registered nurse for five months. I'm like, this is it. I'm making my break. And I was going to move here to Claremont, Florida. Now, my stepmom lived here, and we'd always remained um, in constant communication even after her and my dad divorced. Um, So I knew I had support here, and, and I was on my way. I told my husband at this point, I'm putting the house up for sale. You can come or you can go, but I'm going. So we put the house up for sale. I mean, he really didn't have a choice. I was leaving anyway. Um, and that night, a real estate agent came over, and the next morning, we sold it. Oh. Um, they gave us a week to move. <laughs> so um, so thankful that she found me a house and, and everything to go in it for that time frame. Thank and, you, um, Jesus. Yes. He did end up coming with me. Um, still with that glimmer of hope that we could still work it out. Um, I got another job very quickly after I moved here and, um, we bought a house and shortly after I found out I was pregnant with my son. And actually I found out I was pregnant with him after I had already snuck out some girls at work, some coworkers had protected me and lied to him and told him I was there because he called daily to check on me to make sure I was still there. And they lied. And I left and I talked to an attorney. And um, I had started the paperwork but hadn't filed anything yet, actually, when I found out I was pregnant, before I found out I was pregnant with my son. And then when I found out 
I was going to be blessed with him, I pulled back the reins because I didn't want any drama going on while I was pregnant with him. Um, So my only other choice was to keep begging God and to go to counseling, which I managed to get him to a couple times. But he felt blamed and he felt accused and finger in his face. So that didn't last very long. Um, So long story short, I finally got the divorce. My son was less than one and my daughter was five. And I didn't care how I was going to make it, but I was going to make it. Um, That was like a miracle in itself because everything that could have come up against us did. Um, I remember when the bill came in, and I don't remember how much it was, but I just remember thinking, how am I going to pay this bill? Well, that same week— God showed up and showed out again. My paycheck had been lacking two raises that HR forgot to put in my paycheck for a solid year. Ah, uh, coinky dink. <laughs> oh, boy. Yes. Here he goes again. There we yes. go. It <laughs> paid All the little details. Almost to the dollar. It paid every ounce of that Imagine bill. that, Fritz. Almost I to the dollar. I can't fathom it. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so I moved on. I had a hard time because I didn't even know who I was at this point. Um. I definitely did not think of myself as pretty or worthy or that I had any purpose in anybody's life. Um, I just felt very blah. Um, So gradually, you know, I finally got to the point where I wasn't afraid to talk to people. I put makeup on again. I painted my nails. And I just tried to make myself feel good again. Um, Eventually, um, I started watching— a Joyce Meyer program, and I thought, wow, I can relate to this woman. So I watched her, but I didn't tell anybody I watched her. It was kind of like a secret thing I did at home. Um, Seeking out some closet hope. Yeah, (laughs) yes, Uh yes, very much. So heaps of it. Um, And I was always so fearful that I would never fit in. I didn't want to be the odd man out because that's how I felt my whole life was. Um, But a little bit later, about a year later, I guess, um, I met somebody who later became my husband three years later. Um, Now, looking back, there was no God foundation. I wanted it. I sought it. But then I would drop it. And I would kind of just talk to God in an emergency or, you know, something big happened and I'd say thank you. But there was no daily conversation. There was no deep relationship. There was none of that. I kind of took it under my own reins and, and took control of things again. You can do this. Yes, I got this. I can do this. So this time I uh, ended up marrying a man who was the 180 of who I had before. And um, to just kind of breeze ahead of time, uh, I just remember telling him, I'll pay for everything and I'll take care of you if you just love me. I just wanted to be loved. And I wanted it the right way. And I didn't know what that was, but I was seeking that desperately. Um, a couple years into my marriage, uh, my ex-husband was still causing chaos in the background. We were in and out of court all the time. He never paid child support. Um, he would demand the kids, but then leave and leave them with a babysitter to say he had his time. Um, so at this point, in and out of court so much, I didn't know what to do. So 
here I sit, raw, exposed, naked in the shower and crying out to God like I've never cried before. And um, somehow <laughs> that seems to be, I was like so vulnerable at that point. And um, when I got out of the shower, I'd, I'd say within a couple days, I just kind of heard that voice that said, call your ex-husband and tell him to sign off his rights. And I thought, what? That is never happening. That is his only control over me. Well, I did. And he met me to Starbucks here in Claremont. And I had papers in hand. I had went to the courthouse just hoping and hoping and hoping he would do the right thing. And um, he did. And I couldn't believe it because the week before he was like, I'll never let go. So, what is it about that Starbucks, babe? I was just gonna say it's a holy place. There there seems to be a lot of marital (laughs) transactions that go down there, yeah. Because you know, when when Tina and I first got together, uh, we that's where we would meet to talk about things. And I don't know, maybe the Holy Spirit's there at Starbucks. Well, he's surely been there for me at Starbucks. Well, amen to that (laughs) with my cup of coffee. Amen to that, sister girl. Uh Good plug for Starbucks of Claremont. Yes. All I need is Jesus in my coffee. That's it. Yes. Um, So lots of court cases had built up to the point where he finally had no choice. He, um, come to find out, he knew he was going to go to jail if he didn't um, pay, and he did not have that much money to pay. So um, the court system was sick and tired of dealing with us being there. So um, so anyway, my current husband at the time adopted my children and um, became their legal father. And I personally have never spoke or heard from their biological father since that day. Now, I will say um, I felt it in me and every part of my flesh cringed. But I heard God also tell me, because we had to go across the street to the notary, and my tire went flat in the parking lot as we were going over to get it notarized. And he was with me in my car. So we went into, I don't know, Walmart, Target, something, and um, got some fix-a-flat or something just to get me to an entire place. And I kind of heard God say, give him that uh, purpose-driven life book. I'm like, What? But so I picked it up and I carried it to the register and I paid for it and I handed it to him. And all I have to believe is that God is doing something with it Absolutely. with him. Absolutely. Um, as time went by, um, I was still trying to figure out who I was, but I know there came a point where I just so desired something more. By this point, I had built my dream house. I had 20 acres. I had the boat. I had the car. I had the job. I had the money. I had all that. You had a boat? I had a boat. <laughs> I had a boat once. <laughs> I had it once, too. <laughs> <laughs> At least I can say that. Yeah. Um, but I still felt empty. I still felt very lost and very empty. So um, I started going to church with my girlfriend. Now, why I didn't go with my daughter, I don't know, because she was actually a life group leader at Real Life. Um, but I guess because she went in the middle of the week and then had her girls that she went with on Sunday, I just felt kind of left out of the picture. So I started going with my girlfriend and going to different churches um, in Lake County until I found a couple that really spoke to me, which was actually when did I ended up back in real life. <laughs> um, once I started going back to church every Sunday, 
something in me started to change. I no longer thought it was acceptable, the life I was living. And my marriage that was not on a foundation of God was now facing even more things because now I'm changing and he's not. Um, So we struggled. We grew very distant. We grew um, very apart. There was never deep conversation between us about anything significant. It was always just, where are we going this weekend? Where are we going on vacation? How was your day? Just things like that. Um, as time went by, I just kept yearning and asking, you know, we got to do something about it. We got to do something about it. He never felt like there was much wrong. Um, we just started off the wrong way and we were not yoked at all. And when I changed and he didn't, we just found a lot of um, things that I couldn't fix. So what I had been praying for and praying for for two, three years for God to come in and heal this marriage, which I think I just um, got tired of waiting. And by that point, I got tired of trying. So at that point, I just told God, I don't even care anymore. I just want to be happy. Well, in telling God that, I'm sure the enemy heard that as well. Because as we were spending more time apart, and he was hanging out over here at his people's houses, and I was not with him and didn't care to be, um, in came this Prince Charming out of nowhere that met um, at work and just started casually talking. Harmless, you would think. But the casual talk, talking started to get to my heart, and my heart grew fonder mm-hmm. of this person. Um, so anyway, at this point, I had grown to almost despise my ex-husband, or at this point, he's still my husband, um, because I just couldn't understand why he didn't understand me. He didn't understand that me and my mom still were not speaking, and I desired to restore that. He didn't understand how I could have been or allowed myself to be in a domestic violent relationship. And his family is all still married, still together. They hang out all the time. And my family just wasn't like that. Um, And I just wanted to be understood. I wanted someone to hear me and understand me. And I felt like no matter what I said, it never mattered. Now, feelings lie, but this is how I felt. Um, so anyway, we started off, we separated and, um, we were separated a couple months. And I think one time he, you know, tried to talk to me or woo me or take me on a date or something. So at that point, I already knew I was heading for divorce. Um, and I had already told him there, there is nothing. I just want a divorce. I'm not happy. Um, I'm empty. You can't fill me. (laughs) And... I need more. So although I'm seeking God, I'm also seeking more over here. And I was so confused. I was so confused in this whirlwind. All I know is what my feelings were telling me. So I kind of feel like, you know, does anybody hear her, that song, By Casting Crowns? Well, yeah. That's that's exactly how I felt. And I played that almost as my anthem, Mm. just yearning for someone to understand me. You said it correctly a little little bit ago that feelings lie. Feelings do lie, indeed. Um, 
and they lead you into not so great places sometimes. Um, but at that point, also what was going on was I just didn't have a tremendous closeness with the family. And eventually when um, we got, di- we did end up getting divorced and I did end up staying with this other man. And our relationship got stronger and grew. But as my ex-husband um, started dating um, and things started progressing, my there was some stuff around my life that was happening that was a little chaotic after a while. And um, even though I thought, well, my relationship is great. My life is great. So thank you, Jesus, for sending me the right man. The thing is, is, even if he was the right man, it was the wrong timing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was bound to fail, of which it did, um, about three years later. So, um, just different things happened and conspired at that point. Um, I had placed this other person above God, like he was my idol. Mm-hmm. My life evolved around him. Um, I mean, I brought him to God and he chased God and he ran with it. And, um, something happened that really looking back, it wasn't even that big of a deal, but for some reason to me it was because what I forgot to mention is in this relationship, some very beautiful things happened. My relationship with my mom after 22 years was restored through Um, prayer and support that I felt that I got finally to that vulnerable state enough to put my pride down and call my mom. So that was one beautiful thing that happened in that relationship. Amen to that. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, But also, I might just add, (laughs) when you have a protective wall up for so long in your life and someone comes in that you trust enough and crashes that wall down and you become so vulnerable I was so numb to feelings, like nothing could hurt me. I didn't even think I was able to cry anymore. I thought my tear ducts was broke. Mm. And I literally thought that (laughs) being a nurse, I'm like, oh, my tear ducts are clogged. So um, I remember just praying like, Lord, I, I don't understand. I can see a homeless person on the corner and it doesn't even sadden me. That should sadden me. You know, so one day I remember driving to work and I said, give me your, the eyes like you have to see what you see. And give me what you hear and give me your heart because this can't be right. And so it was almost instantly that then at this point, I cried over everything. And I think to this day, I've never stopped. Everything, happiness, anger, sadness, anything, it doesn't matter. It comes out in tears. Um, actually surprised I'm not losing it now. But um, I began to feel everything and this wasn't something I was used to. So all them walls, it was like a floodgate of all my life's hurts, pains, rejections, everything I had stuffed so far down in me were like a shaken Coke bottle, and now it was just exploding. And um, I unleashed— It does say in the Bible, he saves every tear. Yes. Thank God. I think I have a river up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I unfortunately unleashed all my hurts— on someone else, and um, that's you know that that's never bound to 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 work out. No. So um, I realized at that point I needed some deep healing. I just didn't know what. I didn't understand. You know, um, I talked to God about it, and 
this is another um, crazy kind of God story, but I just remember thinking, I can't keep hurting this man. He's done nothing but good to me. Um, and I'm hurting him, and it's not fair. Um, I have anger now. I have jealousy that I've never had before. I don't even know where this came from. Um, there's things coming out of me that I never even knew I had. And I was confused, and I was lost. And I was like, Lord, where, what is this? Like, what's going on in me? Like, I thought I needed to seek counseling. I thought I have some sort of psychological problem. I didn't know. Um I was definitely going through spiritual warfare. I was struggling between living in the earth, living here, and and trying to um, build up my heavenly account. And I was struggling, and I was one foot in and one foot out, and I was straddling the line. And um, man, the enemy was coming at me so hard, so hard. So I got down on my knees in February of 2013, and I just prayed, and I was exhausted. And I had no energy left, and I just I didn't know what else to do. And I just said, I don't have enough strength to keep him in this relationship, and I don't have enough strength to let him go in this relationship. I need you to come in and do whatever it is you need to do for me, to do whatever it is you need to do in me so that I can be who you need me to be. I didn't tell anybody that prayer. And then I kind of side noted it by saying, but P.S. God, can you do it fast? Because I know it'll hurt. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, you know, I can kind of laugh about it now, but man, oh man, it was so painful back then. Three days later, this person um, came to me, not knowing I had prayed that, said that, nothing. And remember, he was chasing Jesus hard. He came to me and he said, I've really been praying about it. And I've... Um, I kind of heard that God asked me to leave you so he can do a work in you. Whoa. Wow. And um, yeah, as distraught as I was and lost as I was and eventually spiraled way down, I knew what I had prayed and I knew it was God and mm-hmm. I couldn't fight it. Yeah, he wanted you to have no doubt. No. Yes. That was what he wanted. And I think he is a jealous God and he also wanted to be first and he mm-hmm. was not my first. Well, you know, I thought about this before, and I was going to introduce you as well as uh, you're, you're on a journey, because I know a lot of the story as I'm on a journey. And when you go on that journey, he needs to get rid of things, and he needs to fix things and to mm-hmm. work things out. That's right, amen. And you didn't give him that time. Nope, I didn't. I tried to take control of everything, just like I always have. Well, that's classic codependency, though, Mikey. Right. That's what we talk about, you know, because she was looking for fulfillment. You know, with the with the, the husband there, and the husband, and and uh, I get it. You know, I, I, I was that way as well. And you know, and in a way, you know, it, it's unfair to them because we put undue pressure on those people to please Expectations us. To, and uh, Absolutely. To when she was mentioning our happiness, story, when she was mentioning that story, the first word that popped in my head was she's codependent on him. Yep. And, Absolutely. And now, when when a person does that. You give that person that you're codependent on the ability to crush you. Yep. With whatever they say or do. And, yep. Um, I know. The, I know the feeling very well. Yep. So do I. She's in good company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's. I've. I've heard lots of people talk about similar things, and it all boils down to 
you know, I just always felt unworthy. And in this particular instance, I actually felt like I was worth something. And that's what I was using to fuel me. But as it was filling me, it was exhausting him. Because <laughs> I know how uh, how codependent I was on that. But I, I didn't know it at the time. I look back and I see it. Mm-hmm. Um, so after this all happened, and when I go through some relationship loss or something extremely stressful, I can never seem to eat. Um, So then I got down to 90 minus pounds Mm. somewhere along there. I didn't eat. Um, I couldn't eat. I was doing good to get up and breathe. I mean, I was walking through this life like a shell, an empty shell. I don't know how I was going to work. Um, People were covering for me a lot. So... um, I had to go to the doctor anyway for my yearly exam, whatever. And um, when he saw me and put me on the scale and all this, and I didn't want to tell him anything because, you know, I always liked for everybody to look at my life like it's going good. So I didn't like to tell people I had issues. (laughs) But um, he had enough concern that he called me at my home that night and wanted to put me on an antidepressant. And I would not. Again, it was because of the stigma attached to it. I know that was just me. It had nothing to do with that. But instead, I turned to something that was more acceptable in society anytime I had hit an all-time low or I was hurting or full of pain, and that would be alcohol or more specifically wine. Um, I was introduced to wine you know, a few years prior, and a glass here, a glass there became a bottle here or a bottle there. And uh, It came to the point where I just wanted to be numb. I didn't want to feel anymore. I didn't care if I had to come back the next day, but I didn't want to feel it anymore that night. Um, So I was really fighting a lot inside that nobody knew I was going through. And um, so it got to a point where um, I knew I was hurting a lot of people in my life, especially my kids. My daughter was already off at college. My son um, was with me, and I was just a mess. I was a hot mess, and um, this was not something I was used to being. So, um, you know, taking all that and hearing all that, I started hearing these voices that everybody's better without you. Um, so probably— up I heard that voice. Yes. So did I. And it was mm-hmm. very loud and very clear. And um, so I just remember sitting in bed one night. Now, my doctor had given me sleeping pills. Mm -hmm. She was tired. Yep. I was exhausted. (laughs) And I couldn't fight it anymore. She was a step past tired. She Uh was exhausted. Uh Um, And I thought, well, that's true. They will be better off without me. But I did say a prayer before I, I said, Lord, if this isn't you, then show me now. Because I think everybody's better without me. Within seconds, my son knocked on the door of my bedroom and said, Mom, I need to come in. And I immediately, because my hand was like heading towards my mouth, I immediately put the pills back in the bottle, went and opened the door, and he came in. And I never told anybody again until I told him a few weeks ago for the very first time. Um, I knew at that point I was in an ultimate low. If I was getting to that point, I needed help. Um, so I kept hearing God. I was—I forgot to mention, too, that my house was on the steps of being foreclosed on. 
I was short sailing and some things went wrong and it was closer to um, foreclosure than it was a short sale. So I got notice <laughs> that I had to move out and I was already like, what else? You know, what else can happen here? Been there, done that. Yeah, what else? Um, <laughs> so um, long story short, I just kept hearing God tell me Pensacola and I was like, where is that? So... I had a friend that had um, recently moved there, and I was talking to her. Well, she must have put in a good word for me because out of the blue, um, that hospital called me that I'd never applied for or anything and asked me to come in for an interview. Fritz, that was out of the blue. Coinky ding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want to go. I didn't like the pay. I didn't like the hospital. I didn't like the town. I didn't like anything about it. I fought it the whole time. But I also wanted to be in God's will the best I could. So I packed and I left. And I was there for five years. And um, I, met, I met a lot of great people. I had a lot of great struggles. Um, I still didn't get over my, I thought, okay, I'm here. Now God's just going to fix me. Yeah, no. I ended up dating someone that was very abusive as well. And I had to put a restraining order on him. Then right after him came had just came out of prison that I didn't know about that stole every piece of jewelry I had. And it was at that point that I met my friend that gave me the microphone picture. Um, and I went on what I always call, I joke around, and I call it the whole year of 2015, I call it my man fast. I was done. I was fasting not from food but from dating. And I said, okay, God, you got me. Now, I need to, I need to date you. I need to spend there time you with go. you. And uh, I got very deep that year with him. The baseball bat moment. <laughs> Upside that occurred. Yeah. Like, and nothing seems to be going right for me. I just keep getting into, you know, deeper holes and hurting everybody more, hurting myself more. And I, I can't figure out how to get out of it. And uh, Just say Jesus. That's right. Go. That's all I could say pretty much. Um because before that, I, months earlier, which I forgot to mention, I told God, I'm tired of doing it your way. This isn't working. I'm going to do it my way. And that's when all that chaos started happening. Typically so, does. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was bad. Um, the one person got arrested right in my living room in front of me and my son. Oh, boy. So I can <laughs> see father right now. Okay. Yeah. You do it. Have it your way. He sure did. Yeah. He sure did. But still, still, people were along the way for me the whole time. Um, oh, yeah. It's always good to look back and you just know the mentors right. that were there in your life. And you can remember it. You can recall the still small voices that you heard in your head along the way. Oh, well, let me tell you, preparing for this testimony, some of the things that I wasn't even thinking about came to mind and I just cried and cried and cried. And, um, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get through this without crying the whole way. So thank you, you Jesus. I know. Um, so I'm here because I know God wants me to be here. I ended up moving to—I've uh, always wanted to be in this West Coast, Florida area. My heart has always been in the, like, St. Pete kind of area. And um, I tried for months, the last several months, to to get— housing over here and a job, and it just wasn't happening. I couldn't get here fast enough. And uh, so I rerouted. I rerouted to Wilmington, North Carolina, of all places. I was there four weeks, and the hurricane came. Um, 
And I just see that as a place you shouldn't have been. I should not have been there. I never felt it in my heart. I never heard confirmation from God, but I went anyway. I'm like, well, when I get there, he'll show me. No. Oh, he did. <laughs> he did show oh, you. Oh, he did. He did. Yeah. Hurricane God showed yeah, up. Yeah. That's right. Uh, that's right. And so I had been there four weeks. Um, my car had broken down. I was on my way back from Tennessee to visit with my daughter for the weekend. She had just moved. And lots of other chaos was going on in my personal life that very same week. And um, I get home, and I was in another whirlwind. And not to mention that for the last four hours of my trip, my car kept dying and would not start up again. And then it would flood, and then it would do all these things. And I was like, what the heck? So I finally get home, and I, I didn't have TV, so I couldn't see the news. I only got what people were telling me. And I was, my friends and family were saying, evacuate. So my car wouldn't start. I'm alone with my son. I hadn't had a job yet because I'd only been there four weeks. And I really didn't know what I was going to do again. And I guess got down on my knees. And I just told my son, look, get down on your knees with me and hold my hands because we need Jesus. And um, he provided a rental car for me through the generosity of a family member. And I got out of there. Um, and now... Where I was going to go was back to Tennessee, and God rerouted that through circumstances, and I ended up back in Claremont. And what I need to mention that's very pertinent in this story is this is the same place I ran from mm -hmm. I over five years that. ago. And I've been hearing since 2015 that God is a full circle God, and He's going to always bring you back mm -hmm. before you can go forward. And I've journaled that, and I wrote that, and I've heard it many times. Yep. Find that he, uh, he causes you to have to deal with things before he can move you forward. Oh, yes. Yes, he's brought me here to help me to heal. This is part of it. I, I believe that this is going to help others, but I think it'll yes. heal me as well. He's got to get rid of your baggage. Yep. Yes. Amen. Um, so he's going to do that to me too. I just know it. <laughs> um, so I'm here. My stuff was all salvageable. I just went and got it last week. Um, I have had a great day with many blessings coming my way. Um, relationships are being restored and um, in my son's life and my life. And um, I just have one more thing that I'm working on right now. And that is the restoration between me and my father. We've not spoken in a couple years. Um, he actually told me he didn't want to speak to me. So he lives in this area. He does not know God. And I really feel like God's been telling me for a couple years that um, I needed to be here. And he, also, he has sent me here three times. And every time I stayed for a teeny tiny portion of time and then yes, I left. Yes, he did. Uh, mm -hmm. But I do know that there was God reasons behind it. Even if they were short term, he still made good out of it. So um, I wouldn't be does. here. Yes. I wouldn't be here today if I wouldn't have obeyed those I mean, I came for 90 days, going back and forth, driving seven hours every single work week, yes, working did. two jobs. Wow. I was so I tired. I believe she was doing that. I was so tired, and I couldn't understand why God would ask me to possibly do that. But now, looking back, um, it mended my relationship with my beautiful stepmom, Sue, and she is now providing me the house to stay in until I find a job and get uh, my own house. Amen to that. Amen to that. But so, she was yes. telling us a story Amen. when she first came here, something that happened just recently. Yeah. On along that line. Fast yeah. forward up to present, yes. to the minute. 
Yes. Um, actually, I was so focused on finding a job. I was like, I got to find a job. I got to find a job. I got to find a job. Um, I don't want to be a burden to anybody, and I, I need to get back on my feet. And uh, I was applying to eight jobs a day. And um, when I had locked myself into doing this testimony and this week, um, I just really heard God, and I hadn't gotten any calls from any jobs. Um, and I just really, I was like, Lord, come on. And I just really heard him say, that's not what I told you to do. I told you to work on this testimony. So um, I stopped applying for jobs the last two days. And I strictly just wrote down things to jog my memory, um, things that I could um, not forget to mention that might be pertinent to my story. And um, yesterday I received a call for an interview in a town that I love with a position that I'm going to love. But today, today at the last moment when I was asking God, how do you want me to end this? I'm not sure because I choose a word every year. And for 2018, my word is hope. And I wear my hope key every day. And I hadn't felt a lot of hope this year. And um, I had applied to a job two months ago. And because I was um, not anywhere near this area, they had selected another candidate strictly because of not my qualifications, but because of my time of getting back here. Um, I got the call today that said, I hope you remember me. Um, but the person that we were going to hire backed out today. And I remembered you. And I cried as I was covering that part, portion of the phone because I knew that was God. And I had heard God say that this could be your job. And um, so now I have two <laughs> Two phenomenal job interviews coming up tomorrow and Monday. And um, all I had to do was be obedient, and I know he'll take care of the rest. That's it right there in a nutshell. Yep. If you didn't hear anything, hear that. <laughs> that yeah, it's is pretty it amazing. in a nutshell. And uh, Dee, I just got to tell you, there's been a couple of people on Mixler tonight that have been chatting with me through your whole uh, testimony, and and uh, especially at the, the codependency part, there's mm -hmm. been comments flying all over the place. So you're touching lives tonight. I just want you to know. That's and Jesus doing that. <laughs> exactly. But it's you talk about the obedience portion of that. And had you not been obedient, sat down, mapped out your testimony, come here tonight, then the folks that are on right now wouldn't have been recipients to that. And so the Lord right. knows what he's doing. All right. Mm -hmm. Those right. Works someone, out every right. little detail. Those I'm blessed to be here. Out there are listening. Yep, they the sure ones are. he wanted. They most certainly are. Well, I just feel very blessed to be able to be here tonight. Well, we thank you, Dee, and we're gonna we're gonna pray for you and and uh, just uh, keep in touch with us so that we yes, can kind of I will uh, you know see your progress on your journey. Oh, absolutely, uh -huh. absolutely. She's on a journey, but I ju I just want to remember just go back a little bit. You mentioned the word for the year was hope. My word is hope. Right, and the night you were here a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we offered you a shirt early, oh, and you yeah. chose a shirt. And I didn't even know that one was in there. And I said, what does it say on the back? What was the first word that was on there? Um, yes, I blindly reached into the box because I liked the color. And uh, when I looked at the shirt, the word on the back was hope. Amen. Uh, hope for the nation. I know yes. exactly the one that she got. Yes. Yep. Wow, so, that's fantastic. Yeah, I broke when I got to the car because I knew that was God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming, Dee. We're oh, thank you for having so me. blessed to have you. And thank you. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. So yes, promise you'll keep in touch. And, Absolutely. And so that we can uh, pray for you and, and yes, uh, 
just go along on your journey with you. Yeah, just take us with you. It's it's a great adventure, trust me. <laughs> Amen just to that. You won't be bored. Yeah, follow the Lord. Don't go on your own. Yes, uh, yes. Because you could run into a hurricane. That's right. Yeah, that's sure right. Can. He will use any means to, uh, to sure get will. the attention. He yeah. sure will. Remember, remember jo- uh, Jonah? Yep, yep, I sure mm-hmm. do. Yep, he, he went the other way and God found him a way to get back. Yep. It was a big fish. For uh, D, it was a hurricane. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes, it was, as a matter of fact. <laughs> Well, thanks, guys, for hanging out with us. Uh, man, what a great testimony. And uh, if you have any questions for Dee or any questions about the testimony, drop us a line, godstoriesradio at gmail.com. And you know how it brings us great pleasure to like us on Facebook. So please yes, like does. us on Facebook so that we can give shout-outs and say your name. And also, too, uh, you know we're not big on asking for money, so I just want to put it out there that the tax man cometh. In a couple months. In yeah. a couple of months. So uh, if uh, God lays it on your heart to press the button, please press the button. I mean, any any little bit helps, you know, to, uh, to for us to continue. Right. And uh, we just appreciate it. You know, bringing hope and comfort has been our only agenda since we got started. We love each and every one of you, and we thank you. And you can visit us on uh, godstoriesradio.com. You can go there, and you can hear... The very first testimony is up to 70, and then you can switch over and uh, listen to the rest of them on the, on the feed or, or Spreaker, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes. We're just so blessed to be out there on so many venues. It's all Father. It's all Father. It's nothing uh, that we've done specifically. I'll tell you that right now. We just love Jesus, and we're here to exploit the name of Jesus and uh, bring hope and comfort. To the world. So thanks for being with us. That wraps it up for session 181. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And uh, Tina had to step out, so I'm not Tina. (laughs) But I'll say goodbye for her. And uh, thank you, Dee, once again for coming. Thank you, Dee. Thank you. God bless. God bless. I keep fighting voices in my mind that say I'm not enough. Every single lie that tells me I will never measure up Am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? Remind me once again just who I am because I need to know
Taking all I have and now I'm laying it at your feet You'll have every failure, God You'll have every victory 